Hi, Rudy. I figured I'd start a room. Do you want to call on in? I'm going to invite folks to. You were, it was like the perfect suspenseful. You were right at the point. I just want to say this, make this point, and then it cut. <laughs> right. Actually, the point I was trying to make was that we needed to coordinate a little bit so then we can, you know, few projects that we have here, like your crowdsourcing and your sort of centralizing things. You know, I think we got to feed that. You know, it's nice to have MySpace and Snarf Space that's not too serious. But, like, yeah. obviously we're talking about getting something serious going at some point. So then I was thinking we got to yeah. sort of coordinate in a way to avoid our non-serious stuff getting, you know, into getting blocked into the same time as yours. It's like, so we can have like a fun time and, and a less fun time. Andrew or Marco, if you would like to join the conversation, just go ahead and call in. So I know that I'm not just pulling you up out of, out of, and you'd rather not be. Um, so I, I went live a little bit early because I was on the edge of my seat with um with Rudy and what he was about to say so let's get you guys all in here because I'm nothing yeah, if not so, accommodating when I can be so let's continue please yeah the the the, the idea is that yesterday you called in in my show which was great um I don't know how he worked out because I stepped out and stepped back in and I don't know if you ultimately were able to like talk to somebody I I didn't because it was it's it's an interesting time tension wise and talking to the union while they're in negotiation with mm. Kaiser for for right. anybody that that I think everybody here does know but so the workers are on strike against Kaiser so because they're at the bargaining table right now right. I I didn't want to be asking questions or having conversations with folks because it gets very tense around mm. negotiating stuff and they've been okay. on they've been on strike for five weeks. Okay. You know? So yeah, I'm going down exactly. on Friday and, and I'm gonna go I'm gonna go down on Friday what what when they're doing like the bullhorn part, which is usually mm -hmm. like eleven thirty. So I'm gonna be down there for that part and I may not get interviews, but I have my show set for that time. So I appreciate okay. you giving me the time. I just felt it was feeling a little because I was getting good information, but I also am not gonna share that on the show because I don't want to mess with their negotiating power, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, whatever like direction you had, you know, it'd be nice at least that we can support because like I that's ultimately like legitimate stuff that you know we can help with we have no control otherwise you know but you we have a little community here we obviously agree on many things uh we agree that we got to support these people and we sort of need information as well uh that's to be able to speak about you know and not have to like defer to the CNNs and all these other people all the time. So, yeah, that's my idea. We figure out how to, like, you know, work in a way that feeds at least the, the serious stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and and what do you mean feeds like feeds the information? I mean, what uh, can you kind of um, expand? I'm a little confused. I think I kind of understand the concept, but I'm I don't know if you have a thought about how it might be, what it might look like on the ground well, in its perfect. Uh, okay, so I would be curious. I would be curious to know about like what's happening in Wisconsin, for example. So if any time like Derek finds that there's something interesting in Wisconsin and he sort of wants to take us um, on a journey into sort of his realm, it, I'd be interested in that, just like you sort of did that um, with uh, the protest. And I kind of did that with like what's, what was happening in, in Klobuchar stuff, you know. Um, uh, yeah, so that's what I mean. Like we basically are little sort of uh, windows into each other's spaces and we can and then this- like support when we can i i totally i totally agree and and i mean this is this is this is not a surprising oh my goodness guess what everybody it's time for me to foster another cat i just got picked woohoo um no, I, I think one that's of the, the things that stuff. Is, I, I think that that's why we should have a place that doesn't have algorithms that's kind of like Facebook, where you can connect to people that you know and that you're working with, so you can pass along information back and forth without like advertising and algorithms getting in the way. I know there's tools out there like that, but I don't know what they cost or how hard they are to use. But there's got to be something other than the stupid algorithmic social media and you know i'll just say this i will hit like on every fucking video that katie halper puts out there every brianna joy gray when i i don't even log in on my phone i will go purposely to my computer and open my youtube so that i'm signed in so i can like the damn video because for some reason that helps the algorithm but you know what would really help even more than that if I told two people, if I texted two people that were that that I thought might be interested in watching one of her live streams, that might be even better, I think, in the because that's how the old fashioned way of building an audience was the the channel advertised and people talked about it at work. People found out about it because it was on a season. The way the structure is is different now, but that doesn't mean it still doesn't work the same way. People will tell people, and that's the best way to get more viewers. Finding it, some, finding somebody accidentally is is negligible, I think, at this point. And I, I un, unlike the Pangburn person who does seems to like to do really obnoxious ones, I want somebody to convince me that you can that you could even break through accidentally and and show up in somebody's feed who might be interested in you because of that likes and the algorithm show me one show me tell me that's wrong convince me otherwise i was gonna try but you scared me and i don't have the guts (laughs) to go through with it now oh you're such a delicate flower i'm sorry i'll calm down Well, while while I'm being a delicate flower, I'll, I'll just seize the moment 
And I, I'd like to say that uh, I think maybe we should uh, recognize whether it's uh, uncomfortable or not, or it seems silly or not, that there is kind of a great potential going on here with the ram- random sort of people with very, very relevant and interesting perspectives that have a lot of value to put forward things that a lot of people from our institutions of higher learning don't seem to be able to grasp. Um, that's incredible. You know, the, the value that's uh, all kinds of, as much as I talk shit, you know, there, there's, there's a really good core group of people on this app alone, strangely enough. And I think if we recognize that potential in each other uh yeah we could do something pretty fucking cool i mean look at thomas just look at thomas alone holy fuck right and then there's a there's there's all kind of yep. people amanda's work in politics a uh, martin's thought about Rudy, you went quiet. Yeah, app crash. But I was saying uh, Martin's, um, you know, taking steps into building his own party. Yesterday we were talking to somebody who's part of the Giannis Varoufakis party. That's sort of a European party. Um, yeah, so we've got a decent number of people with, like, you know, administrative abilities. we got people who've got decent ideas. Um, we got people with, you know, various backgrounds. So um, I'm with uh, Derek on this. The thing is, we just got to organize it. We can't have Derek's room, Snarf's room, Amanda's room, my room, all at the same time, right? Everybody come on to and my I'm- fucking Discord. I'm not going to run it like a tyrant. I just want to get, like, different channels going. Where oh, people are, are working and talking about these pro- different projects they want to do, and then we have like a record of it because you can, can go you back. And... Can you drop it the link or something? Because I yeah. set up a Discord, but then I was like, I don't really know how this works. So I would love that if you would do that, and I will help. I mean, it, it, I don't know how that works, but I'm happy to coordinate with you to do whatever promoting or not promoting is comfortable. Yeah, I just want to bring. Um, I just want to bring like people in from as many different states across the U.S. as possible, and, and internationally as well. But what I want to think, what I think I want to start with is like just for now. Um, okay, I think this should be the right link. Hold on, I'm putting it in. And I named it something like really um, kind of middle of the road. Like, I have extremely left politics, but if someone else who has very right politics wants to do, like, nonpartisan electoral reform, like, there's 23 states that have the ability to do ballot initiatives. And I think if all 23 of those states standardized their election system between each other and all said, okay, absolutely zero career politicians or partisans can be on the state electoral commission, the secretary of state no longer has the power to just eliminate hundreds of thousands of ballots during an election or ever. They don't get to do that. 
It's now going to be, you know, rotating, uh, rotating positions like every year or two years of people within the same community and they go around and figure out who's dead and otherwise if you're not dead you can vote like that's it um or whatever else like washington still has uh, whole washington they're doing their thing trying to get single-payer health insurance on the ballot this year personally i, I don't think they'll make the 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 quota which is four hundred thousand signatures to get it on the ballot washington's a state wow. of like six and a half million people 400,000 signatures means you have to have a presence in like almost every part of the state realistically unless you're trying to get three quarters of the population of Seattle or like all of Tacoma and Olympia and Bellingham or and Spokane <laughs> like it's hard and right now they have like 50,000 so I don't think they're going to make it this time around but like next year let's pick it up and give them three times the volunteers like this type of shit or, and um, so go on if you want to have a, a side channel about whatever issue we can put that uh in motion and all it all i really wanted it to be was a place for we can we can talk and have a, a voice chat just like colin but also we can have a written record we can just keep notes of whatever we talk about and then and then start coming back with results because we've come up with all kinds of really interesting ideas amanda you've started doing new interesting projects that are worthwhile um, but I want to, I want to start having a track record. Like, what are we, what are we actually yeah. doing? And I'm yeah. not going to shame anyone. If you do nothing for two weeks, we all have other shit going on, but yeah, I, I was, was going to say, I signed up for discord and I was awaiting your instructions basically. And then you kind of fill up the map for about two weeks. But now he's back. I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I did. Good. I did leave the discord to, uh, to flounder in its early, weeks which was a bad idea but that's exactly um, what i did <laughs> <laughs> yeah by the way as far as the right, record up, I, went, Dave? I went back to try to figure out if i could still publish uh, some of the green dragon tavern stuff that i had done and i couldn't uh i don't think the settings were off or anything um i'll, I'll try again but i couldn't if if i could just get that one where thomas goes off for like an hour and a half straight or some shit in the most detailed way about local elections, municipal positions and their relevance and importance in all kinds of ways. I would, I, I'd publish the fuck out of that. And maybe I'd edit it cause it was like five hours and most of the it other wasn't. one you have to put up and publish is the one where Martin told the story about his great grandpa and his dad. And the one, the same one where Shane told the story about his grandpa in the Irish uh, war of independence. Yeah, I, I don't think I can, but uh, I, I think they'd be able to cough up all that information again. I mean, Thomas, no. you know, it's <laughs> just a matter of time before he does it on its own anyway. We just have to, <laughs> you know, seize you the moment. You just have to trigger you know? him. I mean, there's some stuff, if you trigger me, I just, I could talk for like five hours if you say the right thing. <laughs> or the <laughs> Same, wrong yeah. thing. I, I, I'm confused. I, I, how do I join your server with my existing Discord account? Uh, I don't know. How did, how did you three just do it? Well, I don't I, remember. I clicked your link and I, I got a profile on there, but it's like a new profile and I already have an existing Discord profile. 
Oh, I don't know. Okay, well, I'll figure it out next time. Wait, Amanda and, and and Derek, didn't you already have profile just now? How did you do it? Yeah, I just clicked through and it came up. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a total uh, I'm an, I noob don't know with about Discord. It. Yeah. Uh, I've used it, like, very sparsely a couple of times. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a noob with it, too. Are you on your phone or a computer? Yes, yeah, that's oh, the yeah. only difference is I just sent the link from my phone, but I don't know why that would give you like a... Are, were you signed in already? Well, I wasn't signed in. Yeah, that's probably the problem. Okay, I'll try to... Okay, so I also have... I have a... Um, I had already set up a crowdsourcing the Revolution one on Discord, and it looks like it's hooked in here. So... I have no idea how, how this thing works, so I'm going to have to play with it some, probably in the middle of the night when everybody's off of call-in, because I seem to have a little bit of a problem. I like to be on call-in a lot. <laughs> um, also, as a, I don't know, I, I kind of think of it as a side gig, I think. Why not get on Clubhouse, do a room? Uh, I, I have a feeling that the kinds of, conversations we get in and debates we get in uh would be very popular potentially on clubhouse i i can't really tell what's going on on clubhouse it's weird to me but uh so so maybe we pick maybe we pick a topic as we work through the discord maybe we pick a good topic and go over in 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 in, you know you i haven't been on it at all but maybe if we pick a good topic to take with us to do a room and try to like stick to that just to see how it goes. What do you think of that idea? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Maybe like the national interest council. uh, I don't know. Uh, That's probably just kind of out of the realm of comprehension for most people. You have to explain that in the first place. Right. So, but I don't know, maybe that's a good place to start. It's my, I like the idea, obviously, you know, but I mean, you could do an episode that's like, like what you think is in the national interest, and then you don't have to explain like your idea about the institutional part of it to add to the, you know, executive right. cabinet or whatever. Yeah, advertise, you know, to the masses, that sort of thing. I don't know if if uh, if it took off on Clubhouse, it could be an easy transition for all of us because we're used to this and it's similar, right? A little more awkward, I think, but similar. But there's way more numbers. And like I said before, it seems like there's a higher concentration of people from California specifically, which is amazing to me. Sorry, I don't know if you guys heard that. I was on the phone. (laughs) I got a phone call from my boss. Did it come through? No. Okay, good. I'm sorry to interrupt you. (laughs) But I didn't hear any of that because I was on the phone. I'm sorry. Oh, I I was just quickly saying that uh, Clubhouse could take off in a way that's easy for us to transition from here to there because it's so similar. Um, And we could potentially reach a shit ton more people. There's just more people on Clubhouse. Right. Um, But one of the things I'm saying is that learning from what we've learned here over being here for the past couple of months, it seems like if we can have, like, 
so that if, if the conversation starts to go in a weird direction, we can pull it back to whatever the topic is. It's just like, it's kind of a crutch in a way, but I think it's a useful one, especially if we're in an unknown space and we don't know who might be wandering along. So if we pick a topic that most people can get into, not because they like to fight about it, but like, because it's interesting to like figure out how to, re- how, how is that, how does that work? Yeah, I'm with you on that, Amanda. So if we were going horizontal to Clubhouse, for example, right, what I'm understanding is that, you know, we've got plenty of conversation we can draw draw from that we've already sort of practiced or, you know, for lack of a better word. And so I think it would be good to have like four, it, it would be crazy if we had everybody here and Samantha. I'm just messing with her. Um, but if we had everybody join in on this clubhouse thing and be sort of part of the speakers, it would just go completely insane. But let's take, for example, if we were talking about a relationship between Mexico and the United States or something, what um, a better relationship could look like. Um, and there's right now something in the conversation about the corn that's being sort of, um, you know, stopped and a new corn that's being um, sort of encouraged, you know, the actual. And so Andrew could be like leading that and anybody else that, you know, is interested would know something about Mexico or even corn or, you know, the, the economic sort of relationship that we have. And maybe just like a group of four who could talk about it, who could build a type of narrative, you know, because, because like what, I'm, what I'm always trying to figure out, I'm not really as interested in the debate. So maybe it's a style kind of thing, right? I'm actually trying to, I'm more interested in like weaving the type of quilt, right? Um, getting different perspectives, right? And even having like different sort of mediums. I, yesterday, for, at the very beginning of my room, we had like music as well, you know, and the music also helps to, be able to uh, make some type of quilt that would better help people understand what's happening. We, you know, not not as the data helps, but too often we get caught up in the data, in the linear sort of chronology, and uh, you know, I like stories. I totally agree. Were you going to say something? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, Rudy seems to really enjoy figuring out motivations and trying to squeeze a little more truth out of things. I enjoy that. You want to unmute yourself, caller? David, can you unmute yourself? What's on your mind? Hi guys. Hi. I'm really psyched about your Discord server. I love streaming my computer games to people. But yeah, everything you guys you guys are saying is awesome. Love it. Cheerlead. Woo! Yay! <laughs>
you know really? um yeah i mean i i'm with you with um this amanda i think we need practice right so let's um sharpen our swords here um this app um i think it's going to be interesting to see you know how we work together as a team being that we have people of different perspectives which i think we need you know it's going to be hard for people to be able to feel, feel like they can fit into a group that is so sort of homogenous and stuff you know so this is a good sort of science experience uh, experiment yeah i mean i think the collective sort of crew that at least i picture that comes straight just from colin alone i mean the 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 one of the biggest advantages is that we don't fucking agree on everything how fucking boring is it to listen to people that are like yeah exactly what you said and then they maybe or maybe they just repeat what the other person said with different words and act like they have an interesting you know, conversation going on you know it's an it's an asset to have a diversity of thought when it comes to reaching other people you know like if 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 it were just like me and Rudy trying to fucking convince somebody of something uh it could go either way we don't know this person it's a stranger right um so we maybe we both make assumptions on who we're dealing with or what they're thinking and in the course of you know dialogue turns out that Rudy's reaching this person more effectively for whatever reason that I am then cool I can sit back and watch him you know take over it's kind of like that in a larger sense with you know a larger group of people you know what i'm saying right you hear me don't you yeah, definitely um and i yeah i've i've liked how you've had you know your space open and i've been able to like come in and sort of moderate at times and i've left my space open as well and we can see you know which dynamics work the best right um and it's not necessarily for agreeing or disagreeing but some people just have similar energies and other people don't like i could not get into the um, talks of marxism and all of that with with snarf he just and and snarf just be going this way that way i get adhd <laughs> so somebody else would have to like be there to babysit <laughs> well and we all have kind of different um approaches and things that we are interested in and i think that it w- this is kind of the thing that i was um i was saying the other day is that like if we're all if we all agree what the goal is we don't have to actually technically coordinate unless we're in the same boat because we're all going to be rowing in the same direction because we have the same goal right like the longer range so it's it's and you can pick which boat you get to sit in but it's going to be a big giant flotilla of boats right i think that's a more helpful metaphor than thinking we're going to turn everybody around because there's always going to be somebody that doesn't want to change their mind there's always going to be somebody that's i mean the people who are trump all day every day are not going to change no matter how clever funny or 
influential you're being. It's going to take almost. About, sorry, I'll go ahead. My bad. I was just asking oh, who talked about the the vegan man that ended up eating everything on YouTube. I don't. I like that. Yeah, maybe so. Was that Sonia? No. I think it was Sonia. So yeah, I I think we have to sort of try to weave a quilt that's honest, you know. Again, and quilts don't look the best always when you're looking super close and stuff like that. But it's and we, again, it's we're building a ty- an idea with a story, and within the story there could be like disagreements, right? But ultimately, like you said, a flotilla. A flotilla doesn't have to link in each way perfectly the same way and all of this stuff we live in a world of contradictions and if there weren't contradictions this small blue thing will fall isn't that what they say yeah yeah i just i can't believe you said flotilla instead of making a soccer comparison that was not a character no that was me oh oh okay sorry i had a wood chipper or something drive by um, I just heard Rudy say flotilla. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes something else escapes. Yeah, yeah. But I was going to say, you know, like even like what Amanda was talking about, the people that will not fucking change their mind no matter what. Th- those people are fantastic. Uh, I love those people in, in a social situation. If there's other people around, God. You can use that person to get through to everybody. Just just think of them as, you know, like the hub of a wheel. The arguments are shooting out from that person. Just fucking focus all of your energy on that person. And you're advancing the arguments to everyone else. And they're, if somebody's stubborn and they're irresponsible, uh, you know, uninformed, not interested in becoming more informed. I mean, these people usually, you know, there are significantly ignorant on issues and overall have a limited perspective anyway. Perfect. They, they let people see the comparison between you, you making your arguments and this person. Uh, that's exactly what you want. That's, I mean, I can't wait for those moments to happen. Focusing on just one person, it's kind of like, okay, well, I, I need to figure out whether I'm wasting my time or not pretty fast. But if there's a group of people, you're never wasting your time. If you convert them, it's a win. You maybe you converted other people on, on issues as well. But, and if they're stubborn and they refuse to be converted, you, you could be just as effective, maybe even more effective at converting other people around you. Like, look at this stubborn fucking prick. Watch him contradict himself. Watch how little, look at how he doesn't know shit, you know? <laughs> You don't need to say all that stuff. That person reveals it, right? So I have a question on the Discord. It's a. It looks like you can do the same thing you can do on here, except you've got you can do video. Is that right? Is I haven't used it yet. Is anybody around here on Discord? Yeah, you can you you can create. Sorry, Marco, go ahead. That's okay. Yeah, you can create. Um, there's audio video channels. There's like voice channels, audio video channels, and you can like have them just open. And you can stream your computer games at people. 
I don't play very interesting computer games, so. Yeah, I don't know if you want to watch me play Minesweeper. Huh. I might. Depends on how stoned I am, I think. <laughs> um, how are you guys doing, Stoopy Samantha? You're welcome to, if you would like to join the conversation, you're welcome to call in and I can bring you up as a speaker. And there David, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't even know if I cut you off or not. Do you have something else you'd like to contribute? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I put it in the chat. I thought that was a really good interview with Cornel West and uh, Brianna Joy Gray about is Biden a fascist? I, I, I mean, haven't caught I, that yet. I've been meaning to, but did did it basically boil down to Cornel West wouldn't consider, refuse to consider Biden to be a fascist? He, yeah, he, he 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 was not good on that res, in that respect for sure. He okay. he definitely uh, quibbled, uh, but she kept on him, and I think that's great. I, I love her for that. Did she go so far as to uh, make arguments that the entire Democratic par- Party and Republican Party, they're both fascist organizations? So he was quibbling with like, okay, so he did fascist things, but that doesn't make him a fascist. And she countered with like, okay, but the results speak for themselves. <laughs> I mean, he did fascist shit, so why is he not a fascist? So I, I thought it was great. The way she Wait, Cornell West wouldn't call Jim Crow Joe a fascist? That's what you're telling me? That's what I'm telling you, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. That's, that's a big problem to me. Oh, my God. So, so can I tell you my theory on why he took that distinction? Because I think there is a generation of the left that is essentially his generation that, that looks at... at Totally lost my totally lost my train of thought. We were talking about Cornell West and the fact that he didn't call him a fascist. Oh, this is it. Using the word fascist is a label, and that's like that depersonalizes the person. It just makes them into some kind of random noun. That's that's a vague concept that not even the same five people will agree is the same thing. So, so I think he didn't go into a full explanation, but this is something that I'm familiar with from academics and other people I know of his age, that that is one of the things that people who talk about meaning and making sure you get your words right and semantics that you don't want to label somebody, but you want to say what their behavior is. That's just an old school thing. One of the things I got from that interview, which I also very much enjoyed, David, thank you for bringing it up, is is that I saw that Cornell West is not the revolutionary anymore, but he has inspired he's inspired a bunch of revolutionaries who are now disappointed that they have exceeded his expectations and his ability to see into the future because they're younger. Just by that's just a, that's what happened. People who were super revolutionary 30 years ago are now kind of middle of the road. And it takes a lot of work to stay that revolutionary for a long time. I mean, think about Angela Davis and some of the other big, I can think of a few people's faces. And I'm, as a 
person who yeah. taught American history. I should know all of them. But but, you know, it's very hard. And the fact that he did his job as a revolutionary in birthing all this next generation, they should not be disappointed because they would not exist without him. Right. Like Chomsky, like many others. Um, and Bernie. Yep. But, you know, I think uh, a bigger part of uh, the problem is uh, at the academic level. Like, I, again, I didn't see the interview, uh, but I've respected and admired Cornell West since I picked up Race Matters a very long time ago. Um, he's, he's a brilliant guy. Uh, I, I recommend uh, that everyone check out uh, in not a, I don't know if it's an interview. It's a I don't know. It's a collection of what Chris Hedges, uh, Cornell West, and I think it's Richard Wolf uh, talking about Thomas Paine. Um, it's very very insightful, brilliant perspectives being shared. But anyway, um, the 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 bigger issue is there's a failure in academic circle, circles to include more in the definition of fascism. I mean, like Amanda, you're talking about how, well, of his age, you know, that generation kind of thing, but there's all kinds of young people that start getting all nervous and twitchy. If you ask them if, if uh, the merger of corporate and state power should be considered fascism or rigged presidential primaries, you know, that sort of thing. But those people are, those people are just, they are doing what little children do when they're learning how to be social. They are, they are imitating the people who they think are the leaders and the people who are not following or saying those things anymore, like Cornell West, like, like Chomsky and some of the other older people from a different generation that right. that that it, it it's it's not the wow i'm having it i'm having a good one you guys um so it's not a it's not a matter of uh, help me derek i lost my train of thought well i think i'm going to disagree with you anyway in in a way cuz i'm not I'm not saying that uh, Cornell West is a problem or his generation is a problem. I'm saying this is more of an academic at the very top of our academic world problem where oh, yeah. they, they've considered fascism to be a very strict kind of definition that ne- needs right. to be. Like, I think they consider it to be important, extremely important to to define fascism in the way that came out of World War Two, because in their mind, it needs to be potent. It, it needs to be something that isn't confused with other things because it's much more of a threat. And they're, they're failing to recognize that uh, whatever fascism that we need to deal with now and in the future is not going to take on the, the you know, the, the, the sort of images and, and rhetoric that we're necessarily familiar with from history books. It's going to take on very, very different forms. I mean, no, you know, I they're not going to be always wearing jack boots and throwing up swastikas and making it clear that <laughs> that they're that they're fascist. They're going to be wearing button-down Oxfords and they're going to be talking about how they care about humanity. And <laughs> that's right. the thing, when you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, it's that Upton Sinclair quote or whatever, right? But I think that right, but because I, I mean, if you look at Ansifa alone, right? So, That's mostly so young Chomsky, people. Chomsky once said that that you know, first you know, if you say some, if you say what everybody else says, nobody notices. But if you say something novel, people look at you like you're a crazy person. I'm trying to find it because I've got it right here. And here's the thing. When you're hearing voices that are saying things that are more progressive than what our, our revolutionary forefathers and mothers have been saying, those are the people that are actually having the new ideas. The people who are parroting the older revolutionaries don't yet know that those are they're parroting the wrong people still <laughs> they just haven't caught on yet right but like like i was saying with Antipo, like i knew as soon as uh, there was a transfer of power with biden becoming president and Antipo just completely i don't know putting their bats in their closets and Going back to their suburban homes, or I don't know where these people no, come from. I, you know, I, I don't. I don't think that they've gone away. I think the media stopped covering them. I. Uh, I mean, and then the world, if you want. Sorry, what was? Oh, I can speak on who the Antifa are here in Portland. If you, if you're yeah, Portland's a very different situation compared to the rest of the country. For real, I get that. But overall, I think you know what I'm getting at especially like out East where there was such a strong presence, like 30,000 people show up for a rally to fight fascism. And then as soon as uh, Biden becomes president, who's arguably just as much or more of a fascist than fucking Trump, uh, all of a sudden they're not interested. And it just, it, it, to me, it, it makes it clear that there's hidden motivations uh, no matter how much people try to claim that there is no organization going on. When that many people decide all en masse at the same time that they're going to shift their uh, attempts to confront fascism <laughs> over a very obvious difference in leadership, then there, first of all, there is leadership in, in within that organization and there is an organization itself to some degree, right? So it points out that there's hidden motivations that uh, are inconsistent with people that are serious about confronting fascism, but it also points at the influence that, that they've been, you know, the influence that they, they've, uh, well, it points out that they've been influenced by people who have made these arguments about fascism having a very limited, uh, definition, you know, and this is, a, this is an academic thing, people at the very top. And then, you know, they write the books and then all the, all the people that went to the fancy schools read the books and then they quote the fucking, <laughs> you know, and then they sound smart. So the stupid people are like, well, he knows how to define fascism because uh, he's quoting somebody else and he uses bigger words than I do. You know, <laughs> it's it's just pathetic. It's like, look around. We we need to obviously acknowledge that rigged elections are fascism. The merger of corporate and state power is fascism. Attacking journalists and legitimate whistleblowers. Fascism, militarized police forces, fascism, privatized prisons, fascism, attacking our civil liberties. I mean, maybe there's a when little... When are you going to run for office? That. You're good. I'm not kidding. Uh, no time soon. I think you should, not me. I already did. I did Imagine that's a, that's a death sentence and you know it. It's not. No, federally, maybe. Okay, federally, maybe. I'll give you that, maybe. 
I cannot find my Noam Chomsky quote. I can only find the one about, to some degree, it matters who's in office, but it matters more how much pressure they're under from the public. I've had that quotation since I was at, since I taught high school in the 90s. And you know what I want to know from Noam Chomsky? I want to know if he still thinks that's true. To some does. degree, He's it matters a- who's in office, but it matters more how much pressure they're under from the public. Yeah, I mean, he's still like he pissed me off about healthcare when he referred to everybody that's pushing for healthcare as children. That pissed me right the fuck off. But that doesn't mean that he didn't say brilliant things afterwards and before, you know. But uh, he's just kind of a heartbreaker from time to time. That's all. Well, I wish the people <laughs> it, that I admire go, right? were heroes and perfect, also. But North, you're welcome to call in if you like. And it sound, I think Stoopy and Samantha have, have said pass for right now. I do want to give work. We're, we're, um, I'm going to keep the room open. And, but I do want to give updates that, of what's happening with the, with the union and um, the ERA. And I have a recommendation for a podcast to listen to. So, um, I want to get to those things before we close today, but I'm not closing anytime soon. I just wanted to put that on the agenda so that folks know that those are the things that were on my mind. I also still, Mm -hmm. I've been updating the Google spreadsheet with all the primary results. Cool. 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 I just wanted to slip in that. uh, I I think my favorite Chomsky quote is the one about limiting the uh, spectrum of debate. I think that's that's one a lot of people are familiar yeah. with, but I, like I've said before, I'm not good at quoting people for whatever reason. I'm good at catching the gist and the importance of the quote. I'm not good at getting the words. It's sad. You're just not a writer. That's okay. You know what words are. You know when they're in a good order. That's important. I think Some I kind of might know when they're in a good order. Even if you can't do it yourself, you know that what's right and what's not. I, I think that it's it's that uh, I always want to impose an improved version on the quote that I already respect. So my brain interferes with the actual quote somehow. I don't know. Maybe I, I just have a shitty memory. Well, you know, most quotes are actually misattributed or wrong anyway i mean every time i go every time i go to say one i'm like wait a minute i better check and make sure this wasn't because you know you've seen the i don't know if anybody's seen those like quote memes where it says something about like you know how floppy how how computer storage would double exponent would grow exponentially or whatever that that law is and then it's quote it's attributed to like abraham lincoln or something Totally. You're talking about Moore's law? Yeah, I think that's computational power. Yeah, computational power. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, David. Um, so, so the one I was going to use yesterday was was the original one I had is tug on anything at all, and you'll find it connected to everything else in the universe, and that's attributed to John Muir. Now, let me say this: I'm pretty sure since I found the source. The source of the information that I found out this is an actually not a quite correct quote from John Muir is on the Sierra Club website, and it's like a whole huge long page, like probably almost a thousand words. So the real quote 
is when we try to pick out anything by itself, we find it hitched to everything else. And and the, the, the problem Sierra Club had with the difference is that tugging and hitching are two different things. And that tugging doesn't really appreciate the full the fullness of the beauty of the language of John Muir, which if anybody didn't know, Sierra Club is kind of a John Muir thing. Somebody John Muir was kind of a racist, by the way. Um, really kind of, I think actually was, a. I, I would not put a modifier in there, frankly. Doesn't oh, okay. mean that he didn't do good things. Ah, that sucks though. Fuck. It does suck. Had, it sucks. Everybody just, was, everybody was a racist. Everybody was a racist. Uh, I'm not going to stop dick. watching Seinfeld, God damn it. I stopped watching huh? Seinfeld, but that was because I didn't like it. <laughs> Um, so here's the other one that just constantly runs through my head when I'm on call-in. It's supposed to be a Chinese proverb. The the person who says it cannot be done should not interrupt the person doing it. Which I then changed to the man who says it cannot be done should not interrupt the woman doing it. Which I kind of thought was funny. I think I've I've got a quote that you'd like, Amanda, but again, my memory, whatever, my inability to quote people act be pointed out. But yeah. I think I've got this one pretty good. It's yeah. a JFK uh it's a Bobby Kennedy uh quote. Bobby Kennedy. RFK, okay. not JFK. Yeah, sorry. Um the task of leadership, the first task of concerned people is not to condemn, cast castigate or deplore. It is to seek out the reasons for disillusionment, the rationale of protest and dissent, perhaps indeed to learn from it. Holy shit. Put that up on the Discord. That's a good one. I like it a lot. So the actual, the actual original quote for the Chinese proverb, which apparently it's not really a Chinese proverb. It was just fashionable at the time to add that at the end of something like in Reader's Digest. Uh, racism. It's been a long time, friend. So the original, the original quotation comes from a humor magazine called Puck in 1902. Things move, move along so rapidly nowadays that people are saying it can't be done. That, that p- the people saying it can't be done are always being interrupted by somebody doing it. And it was about how um, word things move so fast in the in the modern world in 1902 120 years ago before women could vote by the way but that's when the fight for women to get the vote was going on that's why i keep pushing the progressive era there's all kinds of great quotes from that area era and you you know how how people cling to these uh heroes and and leaders from the 60s that I think it's wise to to go back and look what probably influenced them. Yes. Don't just don't just right. quote MLK. Think like him. Don't yes. just quote you know all kinds of people. Be inspired by what inspired them. How did they develop the convictions that it takes to be who they became? That's huge. Yeah. Totally. 
The moment we want to believe something, we suddenly see all the arguments for it and become blind to the arguments against it. George Bernard Shaw. Allegedly. I didn't check that one. George Bernard Shaw probably has the most, well, the best quotes collectively, uh, the most uh, the most amount of great quotes that I, I don't know what I'm saying. I like the guy. <laughs> I like I like I, he's a he was an excellent thinker. Yes, and a good writer for sure, for sure. Um, <clears throat> Justin, welcome. If anybody would like to call in, please feel free to do so. Um, I'm going to give a quick update on what's happening with the Kaiser mental health workers strike. So um, this week is the fifth week that they've been on the picket lines, five days a week, um, two days a week here in Oakland, which is where I am. Um, if you're not familiar with Kaiser Permanente, it's a HMO. They do healthcare, behavioral health, physical health. And um, there's been problems and the union's out on strike right now because their patient ratio is like something like 2,600 to one and getting appointments in a timely fashion is not happening. In fact, Kaiser is breaking the law all over the place. If you happen to be or know somebody who has had a a mental health appointment canceled by Kaiser and it was not um, rescheduled within 10 days, that costs Kaiser $2,500 and they are trying to collect those stories so they can get Kaiser find. Kaiser clearly thinks this is less expensive than trying to hire more therapists. And one interesting thing I I found out by talking to therapists, I've been down there four different days now, is is that this isn't about they they already got what they were asking for in terms of their financial compensation and everything else related to their benefits. It, this is entirely about working conditions and not not having enough support staff, not having enough time, having too many patients. And it's become dangerous for people who are in crisis. Kaiser, in spite of the strikes, Kaiser is still supposed to be rescheduling all of these appointments and paying for them, and they're not. Um, They're going back to the bargaining table tomorrow. I had some really interesting conversations yesterday and last week when I went but I really don't want to compromise their negotiating position by talking about it. Um, I have a a piece that I'm going to play that's from Friday, September 2nd, and I'll be going down again this Friday. It'll be, um, it's on MacArthur and Broadway in Oakland. If you're anywhere nearby and want to come down, wear a red shirt. They're there from 8.30 to 3, and I will probably be there around 11.30 because that's when they get up and do the bullhorn and tell everybody that lunch is coming and then have little speeches, which that's what I'm going to play. I'm going to play one of those I recorded on September 2nd. And if you have questions, I'm more than Don't wear a red hat. Huh? I said, just don't wear a red hat. Yeah, no red hat. No red hats, just shirts. Yep. uh, Very, very amusingly, they had... um, they had a, they had like three skeletons set up on like on like um, beach chairs that said, "We've been waiting for our appointment for months." 
So here's here's from this is it's just about it's just about uh, it's just about a little under five minutes long. You are so they got a hundred and five thousand dollars donations to the strike fund. One day stronger. One day stronger. to the local fund, so there's a lot of allies. I'm down here at the corner of Broadway and West MacArthur in Oakland at the Kaiser Mental Health Workers' Strike. Probably about fifty people, maybe more. Somebody from the retired alliance, uh, alliance of retired Americans. 
So that was from September 2nd, and they were about to go into negotiations back to the table with Kaiser. But they haven't made any progress yet, so they're going back to the negotiating table tomorrow. Tomorrow's Wednesday, right? Yeah. So Friday, I expect either they will not be on strike anymore, or they will be, and I might be able to give you a better idea about what's going on. It's becoming obvious they have more people striking in, in Maui also, and there are other nurses' unions that are starting to um, show allyship. One of the things that I find so interesting, one of the people I talked to when I was down there with Omar was part of the transportation union. He works for the local rapid transit. And I asked him, I said, so how did you find out about this? You know, do you have a union newsletter and they tell you? No, not so much. In fact, when I talked to a nurse, uh, I mean, a mental health person yesterday, her name was Newt, like the not a lizard Newt. Um, um, look how I did, I interrupt myself and then I lose my train of thought. I have to stop doing that. Um, the other thing to know about this strike is that, is that a lot of the people I talked to yesterday haven't been taking, they haven't been getting paychecks, but they also haven't taken any money out of the strike fund. I don't know exactly why they're doing that, except that if I think about it for myself, I'd probably be trying to save it for, for somebody who needed it more or something. I, I, I hope that people will take advantage of the strike fund. That's why it's there. Um, and it allows them to be able to be out of work longer. And they didn't expect this to last more than two weeks, but ongoing. So that's the update for that. If you have questions or would you have comments? Hello, Oblomov. Welcome. All right. Well, then let me quickly shift to the, um, to the ERA. So the Equal Rights Amendment, which should be the 28th Amendment, has been ratified by 38 states and should be part of the Constitution. But the previous Attorney General wrote a letter, a memo, that said that, without it getting into the too difficult weeds of it, sorry, you're out of time. And that letter essentially told the National Archivist that he shouldn't publish it so that we don't have it right now. So then a lawsuit was filed to say that opinion is bullshit, that, <laughs> that it didn't run out of time, that the time is now to add it. So that case that was filed after Bill Barr did that bullshit on January 6th, 2021, 2020, 2020, January 6th, um, that that case is going to court in front of three judges on September 28th and the DC court of appeals. And, um, I've read through all of the amicus briefs that have been filed, um, in favor of overturning that letter, that attorney general letter. Um, they haven't been able to get Merrick Garland to write a new memo that has new, new thing in it. 
the president could just sign thing a thing and tell the National Archives to put it in the Constitution. But we'll see on September 28th, which is coming up here just in a couple of weeks, um, what happens in that case. So that'll be the next time we do an update. So we'll have a couple of weeks where you should be bothering anybody who's an elected official, especially somebody running for federal office, about what are they doing about the ERA. Both of these issues, you can find pretty decent, relatively recent information on Twitter, just searching the hashtags, the National Union of Healthcare Workers and the ERA. And I put both those links at the bottom of the description for the show. Also still, I'm plugging away at putting in the, the winners of all the primaries. I think that today is the last primary except for Louisiana, which has their primary on election day because they fucked up their redistricting or something and missed deadlines. I don't know. But so there's there's is different. But almost all of those are in there. I also have added if they have a um, an endorsement from the National Committee for an effective Congress, which is the organization started by Eleanor Roosevelt and the ERA coalition, um, if they have endorsed or said that this person is not pro ERA, I added those on the list also. So if you're interested in any of that stupid electoralism at, at the federal level, bless you, because we do need people to vote in every election, even when it's for one out of 435 of a vote, right? <laughs> so that's that. I want to encourage you because it is campaign season locally. Make sure you check out who's running for office in your town, who's running for mayor, who's running for city council. What are they saying? What are they doing? Why are they doing it? Because <laughs> those people are the people that have the most immediate impact on whether you have a pothole on your street. You know, who's running for school board? Do you know anybody you can ask who you should vote for for school board? Do you trust that person when they tell you who to vote for? These are all things that it, it comes up faster than you would think because we're in the middle of September and it seems like November is forever away, but it's like right at the beginning of November and we're in the middle of September. So please be involved when it comes to your local elections and your state elections. And just tell me who to vote for. The good people. Yeah, I'm down to, well, never Democrat or Republican ever again. Um, for sure. So then it's pretty easy point, you know. Mm-hmm. So well, I, don't, I don't know if I asked you this before or not. Have you seen the movie Fight Club? No. Oh, okay, that's a shame. Did you read the book, maybe? No. No. Okay. Well, yeah. Basically, not really a bunch of. Okay. Well, it's a good book. Uh, Chuck Palahniuk has written a lot of good books. A lot of them are funny. I think you'd like them. Um, but in Fight Club, basically, uh, you know, a bunch of uh, disenchanted, you know, fitful, oppressed working class dudes set up fight clubs to get out their crazy aggression and, you know, their hostility towards a world that is 
oppressing them, whatever, you know, is the gist. But they decide to take on other projects, uh, like going after corporate entities in various ways. And uh, there's there's one part where they go after, I think it's like a city official. It's been forever, but uh, they're all like, you know, they're working class people. So they get jobs at uh, all kinds of places where they have access to all kinds of people in a, in a way that <clears throat> I think a lot of working class people don't realize their power. So it's it's interesting in that way. But a crew of them at this restaurant decide to go after some kind of city official, I think, in a hallway. And they just scare the shit out of them <laughs> to get them to do the right thing or not do the wrong thing, whatever it is. I forget the motivation, but you should probably just do that with the National Archivist. Just find him in a hotel lobby or some shit. Walking his dog around the block. Right. Just put the feel of God in this guy. Well, it's a new, like we're it's a keep new National Archivist. The the one that the one that took the order from Bill Barr just retired in July, and so the new guy is in. And new guy same as the old guy probably, but anyway. But no reason to not try to be optimistic. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's good, (laughs) you know. So. No, I agree. Why is this doing this? All right. So, so the podcast recommendation. There is my. I keep bringing this up with Democrats, by the way, that claim to be pro-choice, and they just—it's nothing but blank stares. For what? The ERA angle. Oh, they just have blank stares. Interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, have, I describe I have, it in simple ways. I know Democrats are fucking stupid, but I, I, I dumb down the language and I keep it short. And it doesn't matter. They're just so far gone. They're so incapable of thinking on their own. You know, uh, it's like, wow, but, you people. But, but, but again, this goes this goes back to that same thing of not of Cornell West not wanting to call somebody a fascist that that you depersonalize, you dehumanize them when you just call them Democrats. And I'm all for that when they're being assholes, 100 percent. OK, dehumanizing all you want in that situation. But it's it's well, it's, I don't put know, it at the time, Amanda. I'm just talking about it after the fact. That's all. Got it. So, so the, um, where is my page? So have you guys ever heard of this podcast called, um, let's see, what's it called? What's it called? Not, not, it's not called, um, Bad Faith. Have you ever heard of that? Come on. <laughs> Brianna Joy Gray, everybody's heard of that. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm totally fucking with you. I so, uh, yeah, I know. It takes time. So, um the 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 um so the po- specific podcast that I'm going to recommend today, um if you are interested, I'm actually going to recommend two different ones. So, and one of them's about policing and one of them's about participatory economics. So they're both like full of fun stuff. First one is called Radio Lab, No Special Duty. And it's about policing. 
And if you're not familiar with the Radio Lab program, it started as an NPR show, still on NPR. And um, look for the episode called No Special Duty. And then the other one I'm going to recommend, and I'll put it this one in the chat also, the program is called Seriously Wrong, S-R-S-L-Y, Wrong, number 254, No Bosses and Participatory Economics. And it's a very interesting look at kind of this whole kind of on the socialism, Marxism scale of things. It's just an interesting, I found it a lot of information that I didn't know. And Seriously Wrong actually is a pretty darn good podcast. I'm glad I discovered it. So let me put those, I'm going to go grab the links out of the, out of my podcast app. And, um. Derek, do you want to say anything before we wrap up? Yeah, sure. Uh, about the the hypocrisy of Democrats on the issue of fascism. I'll go back to that for, for just a, a minute or whatever. Um, you know, like, there have been many times, like, ever since the primary with uh, Joe Biden running, where um, in communicating with Democrats of a wide variety, you know, mostly on Facebook, but few in person too, I've had these moments. There's, if you want to know how full of shit Democrats are, uh, yeah, bring bring this up. Uh, you won't be able to do it with the same person because they'll be like, on you, you know, as stupid as they are, um, they'll catch on. It's inevitable. But especially with the most intelligent Democrats, if there is such a thing, the hypocrisy just gets even more intense on the issue of fascism. Because if, if you if you ask a Democrat without saying that Democrats are fascist, that the Democratic Party is a fascist organization, if you don't start with that and just ask Democrats if all of these things are fascist, this sort of extended definition, a more comprehensive and accurate definition of fascism, um, that includes, you know, like what I was saying before, rigged elections, uh, militarized police forces, privatized prisons, whistleblowers, journalists going after them, and perpetual warfare, you could add that, whatever. All of these things, um, you know, Democrats, if, if you haven't said that you think the Democratic Party is a fascist organization or Joe Biden is a fascist himself, you just ask them about those things, whether they should be considered fascist, they're way, way, way more likely to agree that those things should be considered fascist. If you start out by saying fascist organization, they ask, why would you say that in all kinds of different ways for obvious reasons? Uh, and then you attempt to explain using the exact same fucking points all of these things are fascist and it embraces them. Joe Biden has uh, aggressively supported them for his entire political career, blah, blah, blah. Then you will watch Democrats fight like hell to keep that extended and comprehensive and accurate definition of fascism that needs to be fought out. They will want to limit the definition of fascism as much as possible so that it, it isn't relevant to their party because in the end, they're not motivated to stop fascism at all. They make that clear. 
Their motivation is to show loyalty to their party no matter what, even if it does, in fact, embrace fascism and they know it. You know? Or or if it's just to stop Donald Trump or whatever the fuck it is. But it's not about stopping fascism. They could care less. To the point of actually supporting it and fighting like hell and doing the, the most exotic and sophisticated mental gymnastics you've ever seen. Because so, we're you know, not used to we're not we're not used to um, knowing we don't know how to deal with any of it. Nobody ever teaches us the thing about knowing who to go after if you're trying to get power, right? I mean, it puts us in a bind. Yeah, I, I think I think that, that that's another shift that needs to be addressed. Uh, if if I'm kind of, I think I'm bouncing off what you were saying um, a little bit at least. Uh, we need to stop thinking in terms of, you know, only referring to the parties themselves, but the, the active participants, the members of those parties, they need to be addressed. And you you are way more sympathetic and empathetic in, in a way. I'll communicate in a sympathetic or empathetic kind of way in order to win an argument or influence someone. But in the end, I'm not forgetting how absolutely devoted to fascism these people really are. Because I know, I know because I've asked them the questions and they've made it clear without me right. having any input at all. So, yeah. And no, I, I, I hear that. But I think, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, like, as far as having that be involved in any sort of political platform, a more comprehensive definition of fascism, I don't know, probably not. Probably but, not, because definition, I mean, definitions help us communicate, but if we're wor- we're not working, the goal shouldn't be anti-something, it should be pro-something, Right. Right. I mean, I like know we have to get rid of interest, stuff. You know? I know we have yeah, to get yeah. rid of it's some just, of the it, stuff that's happening. But but like let's, if let, it would let's help do it that recruiting, by replacing it with something better. Yeah, yeah. No, I yeah, I'm with you. I hear you. True. I know you do, that's why I kept talking over you. I know you yeah, fair enough. know that stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a very bad habit I have. Well, I'm going to play us out on um, there's a there's a exhibit at the Oakland Museum right now called Hell a Feminist um, about the feminist activists here in Oakland. And um, when I was listening to East Bay yesterday, they um, they played a short clip of Chinaka Hodge um, reading one of her poems. And so I'm going to close the show today with that. I want to thank everybody for being here. I'll be here on Friday. And by here, I mean on call-in because I'll be down at the strike on Friday at around 1130. Saturday is the regular crowdsourcing the revolution show. And um, we're almost through the series of America, um, a beginner's guide. Today we did chapter six. You can go get all the back episodes of America, a beginner's guide 
um, from Best of the Left, Jay Tomlinson. Um, just here to look for my profile, and you should be able to find it. Appreciate everybody being here. Feel free to give feedback. Share it with your friends. Like it if you want. Don't like it if you don't. Mostly, have a great day because I really do think somebody was saying earlier, it's really nice to have people that, that, that we kind of get along with. And it, it's very nice to have all of you who are repeats and all of you new folks, too. Say goodnight, Gracie. My favorite poets on the same page here, Chinaka Hodge, who is, I think, one of the best writers of our time and came from these streets of Oakland and is now writing a Marvel TV series. Waiting on freedom like it's the whooping cough. Stop hoping freedom is gonna court us on a Thursday date night. Quit crossing our legs and biting our time and biting our nails. It's our birthright and they will lie to us and tell us we are violent for wanting peace. Peace is our dowry. We wed to a democracy that keeps taking off this ring. We married to a decadent system that mocks squalor and honor. We saw what they do to our leaders. Oh. Thank you everyone.